Farm Food Facts, where every farmer, every acre, and every voice matter. Welcome to Farm Food Facts for Wednesday, July 8th, 2020. I'm your host, Phil Lempert. Each week, we talk to the leaders in food and agriculture who are making a difference for our farmers, our ranchers, our shoppers, and most of all, our planet. Today, I'm joined by the CEO of U.S. Farmers and Ranchers Alliance, Aaron Fitzgerald, for a very special conversation with Dan Glickman, who's a big fan of FDR's well-known saying, the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. Secretary Dan Glickman served as the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture from 1995 until 2001 with President Bill Clinton. Before that, he represented Kansas' 4th Congressional District as a Democrat in Congress for 18 years. The Secretary has agriculture in his blood. He serves on the boards of the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, the Food Research and Action Center, and the National 4-H Council. He is the chair of an initiative at the Institute of Medicine on Accelerating Progress on Childhood Obesity and vice chair of the U.S. Food Program, USA, and the Meridian Institute to look at long-term implications of food and agriculture policy. He also serves as a senior fellow at the Bipartisan Policy Center, where he focuses on public health, national security, and economic policy issues. He also chairs their Democracy Project and co-leads the Center's Nutrition and Physical Activity Initiative. After leaving politics, Glickman led Harvard University School of Government and Institute of Politics. He also has one credential that no other Secretary of Agriculture can boast of, Chairman and CEO of the Motion Picture Association of America from 2004 to 2010, and continues to serve as an academy, as a member of the Academy Awards and the American Film Institute. Mr. Secretary, it is Aaron and my pleasure to welcome you to Farm Food Facts. Thank you very much. Uh, looks like I can't keep a job, but thanks for uh, talking about all my past experiences. And great experiences and, and great results, um, as, as they would be. Aaron, why don't you get us started? Well, Secretary Glickman, thank you so much for being here today. We're really excited to have you on the show. So, you know, there's just been so much going on in the world today and in the face of the current challenges, what would, what would, what would you say one word would describe our farmers and ranchers today? Well, it's, it's, uh, there is this old saying for every complicated problem, there is a simple and a wrong solution. So there's a kind of a simple and a wrong word, but I would say uncertainty is probably the thing that impacts farmers and ranchers because of trade, climate change, COVID, uh, public health issues, um, and so it, it, we are in uncertain times. It's not all gloom and doom, but uncertainty is certainly there. So, Mr. Secretary, what could uh, the government be doing to help these farmers and ranchers? Well, the government has actually provided a very significant amount of direct assistance as a result of the trade situation with China and as a result of the COVID response. And so, you know, uh, the taxpayers have put uh, billions, even tens of billions of dollars into the hands of most farmers in this country, not all farmers. It's tended to skew towards larger farmers and um, it's tended to focus more on row crop and, and livestock rather than fruits and vegetables. But that's, that's certainly you know, beginning to change. Uh, I think that the government can certainly do its best to keep our markets open so that trade is not restricted because we have to sell about 
40% of everything that we, we produce here. And the other thing is research, is, is that the government provides a lot of the basic research for agriculture, for food and agriculture, and that needs to be expanded. Research into growing crops more productively, using less water, growing crops in, in a sustainable fashion. Uh, the research agenda in agriculture and food has not been going up. In fact, in real terms, it's been going down in recent years. And so those would be two things that I would think we need to do. So let's get back to climate change, which I know is near and dear to your heart. What could, should, and are farmers doing to mitigate climate change? Well, certainly uh, farmers recognize more and more that this has been a serious problem. Now, now for years, I think that there was some concern and skepticism of, by some farmers that climate change wasn't real and that rural and agricultural interests would be suffering because of what folks maybe on the coasts would want to do to them to try to you know uh, reduce emissions and and impact their lives but that has really began begun to change as more and more farmers have recognized that weather uh, volatile weather and changing climate has impacted their income the production methods and so you're seeing a lot more interest in conservation measures generally, water conservation, use of lower amounts of pesticides, herbicides, soil health, and the land-grant colleges have also become much more focused on agriculture. And you're seeing a lot more interest in sequestering carbon, keeping it in the soil rather than having it escape into the air. And, um, and so, so I, I, I do think the whole newer and younger generation of farmers has really begun to realize how significant a force agriculture can be in, in helping to facilitate improvements in climate change problems. So we've, we've come through a couple years and we talked to a lot of farmers who have really had a tough time because of storms, because of flooding, because of droughts, because of fires. I mean, the list goes on and on. What advice would you give to a farmer who, who comes up to you and says, Mr. Secretary, you know, I'm ready to bail on this. This is just really hard work. What would you offer them? I, I would, first of all, offer them that if I were looking at a business opportunity in the future, I would look at food and agriculture is kind of a dynamic area that uh, not only will people always need uh, these products, but they are, can be profitable as well. You know, there was a movie years ago called The Graduate, in which case uh, Dustin Hoffman was told by, I think it was his prospective father-in-law, that secret sauce was plastics. And uh, I think we've gotten beyond that. But I think the secret sauce today, in large part, is food and agriculture and related items to it. So saying that, what does that mean for farmers? Well, it means is that... Uh, Farmers are gonna to have to become more diversified. Uh, monoculture agriculture probably will never be what it was 50 years ago. So diverse farming operations are more and more important. Uh, value added parts of agriculture where you not only produce it, but then you process it into the marketplace is going to be another area of great opportunity. And lots of farmers using cooperatives and other methods are certainly banding together to do that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of entrepreneurship in agriculture generally now that we might not have seen 40 or 50 or 60 years ago. That it is true, farmers are gonna have to adapt to lots of change 
it's going to be tough, and especially as it relates to climate and weather, pests, uh, other kinds of disasters. I mean, who would have ever thought this COVID thing would become this massive problem that nobody could have ever anticipated? Um, so that's why I talk at the first question uh, was asked about uncertainty. But, um, but I also think there's great opportunity out there uh, uh, for farmers to become the entrepreneurs of the future. And direct marketing, for example, of farm products to consumers, we hadn't seen much of that 30 or four years ago. It's going on like crazy right now, more and more and more, uh, where your, your farmers markets have become much bigger. So agriculture has got a lot of new things happening to it. And uh, farmers can make money in this process, but it's going to be a different world than it might have been back when I was growing up. So, Aaron? So, Secretary Glickman, you know, one of the things you talked about was a little bit of this uncertainty. Um, you know, a year ago when we got a bunch of leaders together in a room, we said, now is the time to really step up and start planning to work together on the, in the next decade. We almost said, you know, we need to be prepared for these uncertain and unpredictable times. And yet we saw agriculture was an essential, the food and ag sector really stepped up and was really the essential sector um, that we saw really meet the, the crisis. What, what learnings do you think that we could have from COVID? Well, uh, you know, certainly resilience, uh, being able to accommodate changing circumstances quickly. Uh, is one of the things we, we've learned, you know, so it depends on where in agriculture you're talking about, but, but certainly for people processing meat and poultry, uh, they're now learning that, uh, you know, maybe this whole series of producing meat and poultry with very fast line speeds using a lot of low wage or immigrant labor, that may not be the kind of uh, systems that we're going to have in the future, or they may need to adapt to um, uh, a new way of, of, of doing business uh, in terms of producing uh, proteins. That's something that perhaps we have learned. We may find the same thing when it comes to certain uh, animal and, and plant pests and diseases in the future as well. Well, people were gonna have to adapt very quickly. And that's why it's so important to have a research budget. It's fully funded. It's both public and private sector uh, that's, um, focused on what those crises are that might impact agriculture. And the third thing is nutrition. So I suspect that one of the great trends in the next 10 to 15 years is going to be the relationship between agriculture, food, health, and nutrition. And um, it's just going to be, people are going to be a lot more interested in what they eat and how they live longer. And farmers are going to be a part of that equation to produce the kinds of foods that will in fact people alive longer. So Secretary, you mentioned research, you talked about science. What role does technology play uh, for farming in the future? It's a huge role. Um, and you know, it's an interest, other interesting thing that I've been involved with more collaterally with a bunch of these um, entrepreneurial startups, some of the hedge funds inve investing in agriculture. And um, I am seeing that more and more of the investment capital in food and agriculture is going into tech firms. Now, whether these are tech firms that have to do with how you apply uh, fertilizer and um, spatial technologies, satellite technologies, a lot of it, especially in the food sector, in terms of how you take a plant and make it more adaptable to weather uh, or pests, 
using biotechnology uh, and related technologies to strengthen uh, production techniques. These, these were not factors 50 years ago or 40 years ago. They are factors today. And the most successful farmers are gonna be the ones who adapt to that new world. And when you think about, um, you know, we just changed our name, as you know, to US Farmers and Ranchers in Action. And one of the things that we think about is how do we celebrate leaders in action and our individual farmers in action? You think about the future, this technology, this potential research, what does the next decade look like? And what types of actions can we take right now um, that can get us on that trajectory? Uh, well, I think the future looks good myself. You know, I'm an optimist. Uh, first of all, it doesn't do you any good to be a pessimist. Uh, all you can do is, is sit around and think about how terrible things are. So we've always been able to move out of the depths of, of problem areas. I think that the whole COVID experience is going to lead us into changes in how we produce and consume food and the whole supply chain of food. It's going to I think it, 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 for innovative farmers, it's gonna mean more direct marketing to consumers. Um, and, it's, uh, uh, and, and that, that has got a potential explosive uh, opportunity for increasing incomes for farmers. But you know, the, the downside of this is, is that things move fast and we just have to be prepared the best that we can uh, to deal with, with this. And uh, so uh, that's where the land grant colleges and other universities are gonna to have to teach people uh, not what we learned in 1945, but what we're gonna need to learn in 2015 and 2020. The other thing I'm seeing is, is that a lot of folks used to think agriculture, you know, food's on your table, there was never a problem with it, so why worry about it? But now, you know, this whole COVID thing has caused a great enlightenment in terms of the fact people actually are concerned and want to know, are they going to get their food? How are they going to get their food? Uh, are farmers strong enough to, and ranchers to produce this kind of food? What do we need to do to facilitate supply chains so that they don't run out and they get food at reasonable prices and nutritionally balanced foods? So, so these are just extraordinary opportunities uh, if we take advantage of them. And if we, again, I go back to this point, I keep making over and over again, if we fund a research budget that plans for the future. You know, uh, we see this at the NIH, which a lot of in, in the health and, and, and disease area, you know, we fund that at very high levels. Why? Because everybody has family that get a serious disease or an illness. And so people are interested in that. They think it affects their lives. We need to maintain that attitude when it comes to food production and agriculture, because it has a remarkably similar impact on the society as a whole. Secretary, thanks so much for joining us. Um, as you point out, you know, this is the first time in most people's lives who are alive today, they've walked into a supermarket and they've seen empty shelves. And that really was a, you know, shocker to many people and got them more interested in food and agriculture than ever before. So thank you for all your great work uh, over many years and many years to come. And thank can, I, you can, I, can I make one more point, if you don't mind? Sure, of course. Okay. One of the great things in, in food and agriculture policy-wise is there's always been this coalition between farmers and ranchers and people who produce food and then those who need food. And so you, you, this 
coalition that was started by Senators Bob Dole and George McGovern and, moved, and Debbie Stabenow and Pat Roberts and, and others, and in the private sector as well, to make to ensure that that we have 40 or 50 million people who are hungry today. And I suspect that's going to continue because I don't think the economy is going to massively rebound in the future. So we keep these coalitions, what I, the urban-rural coalition, the coalition between producers of food and consumers of food, and particularly focus on those who are hungry and poor, because that's one of the great benefits. America is the only country in the world that has this massive food assistance program for the poor. We ought to be proud of that. We can make it work better, obviously. But the people who have the most to, at stake to keep that going are the farmers and ranchers, because that builds coalitions, political coalitions, that are really important for the future of agriculture. Well said, great point. Aaron. No, I just want to say thank you for taking the time. Um, you truly are a leader, and we love to celebrate leaders in action here. And so thank you for taking taking the time and I think making the connection between our food makers, our community and the planet and the future is really well understood. And I appreciate you taking the time. And, and, and to farmers and ranchers, whatever your new name exactly is, <laughs> you're, you're doing a really important service because you've been bringing people from all parts of the network, uh, the food and agriculture production network writ large together. And we really needed that. Well, it's time, you know, I think we're going to get, get together again in September and hopefully it's it's time for, you know, a lot of lessons learned from COVID as you had suggested. And we, we're looking for leaders to step up in action, right? You never before time needed in, in act. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast episode. For more information on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also, be sure to look for us on Facebook at U.S. Farmers and Ranchers or on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.